you lose that, you drop off a lot of that, you know, sort of competitiveness and you are satisfied with the fact that your service has led to someone else's success. Hello, sir. Welcome back on the Jet Hacker Show. It's been an honor to host you last time in, um, in the first season of Jet Hacker Show. And uh, it's still an honor to host you again on the second season of Jet Hacker Show. Sir. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to talking with you the second time as well. It was a lot of fun the first time. Thank you so much, sir. So, sir, recently I posted uh, an Instagram reel on the topic of death, um, where, where, where I shared my perspective on death. Um, it said is that uh, what what makes us fear the concept of death is it like because we won't be experiencing uh, anything we won't be there after death and when we are there we won't be experiencing death or at, at least we can say that there won't be death at that particular moment so what makes us fear fearful for death and um, my perspective on that was that what we don't fear exactly the death, but we fear what death brings to us. That is limitation of time. And every breath, every second, every day, every year, we are getting closer and closer to death. We were the farthest from our deaths the time when we were born on this earth. And after that, every every second, every day, we are just getting closer and closer to the death. And also the concept which where, where it says that we are not aware when the death will come. We don't know if the next hour my death is waiting or, or there are many couple of years for me to, uh, to live on this planet. And I think that what brings us, uh, brings that fear of death in us besides the biological instinct we have of uh, survival and uh, reproduction and uh, getting, getting the clan going. So what's, what's your take on that? I think people fear death for two reasons. One, it's it's unknown, and and we don't like things that are unknown. We we like to be able to predict the future and how things are going to play out. Uh, so not having a grasp on how death is going to come or what it's going to be like afterwards scares people, and so they they don't like that. And the other reason I think that people are afraid of death is because they don't really live their lives. You know, I, I mean, people live a casual life. And as a result of that, their their goals, their dreams, their aspirations become a casualty of that unplanned living. And I, I unfortunately have seen a lot of people die, both over the 10 years that I've been battling cancer and the time that I was a police officer. And I'm, I'm gonna make a huge generalization here but it seems to me that the people who died what you and I would probably call happy or peaceful deaths seem to be the people that did something in their lives. They took chances. They took risks. They, they, they made something happen with their lives. They were not common and ordinary. Common and ordinary people do nothing with their lives. And the people who are common and ordinary seem to be, again, huge generalization, seem to be the people that go kicking and screaming from this life. You know, they want another month or another year to do the things that they they want to do. 
I believe it was it was Seneca or Socrates or somebody like that said that life is long enough as long as it's well lived. So I don't think you need to worry about death or fear death if you live the life that you were born to live. And when death comes, you should just be, you know what, this is just another part of the extension of my life. True, sir. And, and majorly when, we, when, when you generalize the ordinary life, um, it, it shows the uh, how, how procrastination has deepened in our day-to-day life where where we are too much satisfied with what we are having and more than satisfied we are just looking for the pleasures the the, the satisfaction or the current lifestyle gives to us for example uh, we we as a generation has uh, like my generation is born in much more comfortable uh, place or comfortable time rather than your generation and even your ancestors were at more uncomfortable times and spaces and um, like like we we have this uh, quote which says that uh, bad times make great leaders great leaders make good time and then good time makes uh, bad people so so do you think we are in that uh, good time bad bad people kind of phases i i don't know if we are i i mean i, I see a lot of people that are that are hungry that have some grit in their lives that you know realize that they can forego a pleasure with the understanding that if they do that if they forego that pleasure somewhere down the road they're going to experience something that's better for them mm. and things like that i i've seen that now granted there are a lot of people that um i i guess let me explain it this way there's a there's a person here in the united states by the name of ed milet and he's an entrepreneur and, and a podcast host, and he's an author. And he talks about the four types of people in the world. He said the first type are the the unmotivated people, and and that's the vast majority of people. Yeah. And he said then you have people or leaders that are motivators, and and motivation is kind of you know sort of lowbrow, low level. It's sort of the carrot and the stick. Mm-hmm. You know, if you do this then you will get that. Mm. And then the next type of people are inspirational people or inspirational mm. leaders. And and inspire comes from in spirit. So, mm. so they get you to do things based on inspiration, on, on how they portray themselves or something else. And then the, the final part is aspirational leaders. And aspirational leaders live their lives and people want to be like them. They're not trying to motivate you. They're not trying to inspire you. Just by them living their lives, people want to aspire to be like them. And I always ask people, which category do you fall in? You know, are you the common and ordinary people that, you know, the vast majority of us are? Are you a person who motivates other people? Are you a person who inspires other people? Or are you a person whose life, the way you live your life, makes other people aspire to be like you? And I think that's a great way to kind of look at it and figure out where do we fall sort of on that continuum and and do we want to get better? And it's okay if you don't. I mean, I'm not saying you have to be aspirational, but is that something you want to do? And how, if you do, how are you going to get there? True, true. And also, sir, I feel that... um... 
the 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 ordinary people which which we have generalized uh the 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 people who come in that category i i feel that they are much more less conscious about uh their lifestyle their choices their thoughts majorly um because i've 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 seen like i'm i'm going through uh, a lot of philosophical uh texts right now and uh, from from there i i get a sense of realization uh, or or maybe a sense of perspective that is the better word to put it uh which which says that we take choices on uh we, we take choices very instantly and and that instant choices majorly come from the desire we have let let those desire be sensory desires to see something good to hear something good to speak something good to touch or feel something good or let it be the the desires which have evolved with with society the desire of having more money having uh, more status having having more people pra- praising you getting to a level where people respect you see upon you and major your decisions are on or on that desire that how can i fulfill this desire how can i fulfill that desire and majorly these decisions are taken uh, in span of seconds which comes through the desire which we have uh, in 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 these Yeah, I, I think you know we're kind of told what we should have. You know, we're kind of mm. society kind of puts out there. You should be influential. You should be powerful. You should mm. be rich. You should be famous. And 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 I I think that that is such an empty vessel that you know if you look at it, at, you know when we we started out talking about death, when you die. you can't take your power or your influence or your money or your prestige with you after the grave you know post grave and what i think people should spend more time on which would make their lives more enriched is to serve i think we were we're all born in some way or another to serve you know to serve sure. ourselves to serve our fellow man to serve our god whatever you believe that sure. is and if you serve then you lead a life of service that's just mm-hmm. you know that's that's kind of the way it is and things like you know generosity love goodness and things like that those are intangible things you can't touch mm-hmm. them you can't feel them but they're things that they're they're in our hearts they're they're in our souls and and those things people don't spend a lot of time on i'll, I'll give you an example i i had a nurse recently ask me i i i've been going through cancer we we covered this on the last podcast and and i had my foot amputated in 2018 and my leg amputated in 2020 and i had a nurse recently ask me what was that like and i told her it, it has not been easy it's been kind of mm-hmm. difficult to learn to walk again in that but what i told her was cancer can take all my physical faculties but mm-hmm. cancer can't touch my mind it can't touch my heart and it can't touch my soul and mm-hmm. and that's who i am jay that's who you are that's who your audience is mm-hmm. your heart your mind and your soul yet we spend so much time working on you know our bodies and you know our wealth and our prestige mm-hmm. and not nearly as much time working on who we really are 
which is our heart, our mind, and our soul. True, 100%, sir. <clears throat> and like, sir, when I was going through these philosophical texts, and like, I went through uh, the Greek philosophical texts, like when you talked about Socrates, Aristotle, Plato, and also I went through the Indian philosophical texts, the Hindu philosophical texts. And in both texts, I found a similarity which you which you uh, stated that is uh, the sense of service. It's because um, when 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 I compile both 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 philosophy and what what just uh, can I take out of it uh, on, on on my limitation of perception is that uh, like when we talk about pain, the majority of pain comes from expectation and attachment. Like obviously bodily pain is there because we have this neural network and we sense that pain. But when we talk about emotional pain, the mental pain, basically focusing on the mental health aspect and the pain which we face there is majorly because of attachment. We are too much attached with let's say money, the status we have, the influence, the influence uh, we have, the people around us, we have the praises we get, the good ears and good good vision we get. We, we get too much attached with that that whenever we we see them going away from uh, from our uh, from from us from our faculties we feel pain we feel painful and when we think that there's there's a sense of service in us it tends us to detach from those uh, aspects and then when we see like there, there was one example given in uh, stoicism which stated that uh, let's let's say that there's a father kissing his child now when you when you have attachment you can understand that oh this is father child love blood blood relation a uh, family uh, that 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 sort of emotional engagement we have now when when we see in a different perspective like a father is kissing a child is not because of attachment the father is kissing a child because the child is also another human so me as an entity as a father i am just kissing another human out out of the feeling of service of serving my love towards the other human and that changes the whole perspective of how we see a father-child relationship even our personal relationship with every one of them and uh, that's like that that was a huge uh, blow in, in in my perspective when when we think of uh, getting into the service uh, service mode of lifestyle yeah, you're you're right, and I mean, you know, you you've seen it in you know in the the Aristotle, the Plato. You've seen it in in the philosophers in India. You you see it in the Chinese philosophy. You see it in Christian philosophy. You see it in Buddhism. You see it. it it's everywhere. I mean, it's not just one group of people that are saying it. It's it it encompasses all forms of religions. It, it encompasses all forms of philosophy. And, you know, when you look at that, you think, well, maybe there must be something to that because yeah. it's not just one religion or one culture that, you know, says, hey, service is important. It is it is everybody that talks about that. And you're and you're absolutely right. I mean, I look at it, you know, you're right. Pain in our lives is inevitable. But what what the pain brings is suffering. So if, if you don't, you know, you don't feel you're living up to, I don't have enough money or I don't drive the nicest car. Or, I don't live in the, the best house. Now you're suffering and you're, and that's self-imposed suffering because you've decided that for some reason I have to have X amount of money. I mean, as long as your basic needs are met, 
do you really need to have all that money? I mean, it, the, what does that do for you other than stroke your ego and say, you know what, look at me, I've got all this money. Okay, that's fine. I, I, I mean, I'm happy for you and I'm happy for people that have money and there's nothing wrong with money and success and influence. There's nothing wrong with that unless you don't use that to help other individuals. Hmm. True, hundred percent. And I've also seen, I've, I've talked with some of some of the people who like tend to hate money, or or let's say tend to hate people who have more uh, access to money. And uh, the questions and interactions I had with them after that, I realized that uh, what what money brings to them is is the same thing which you said: the suffering, the the desire, and the attachment that I want this pleasure from this much amount of money which i can see in my bank balance and other than that when i see the people who already have access to money they see money very differently they see money as an enabler the money which enables them to get their interest or or get access to something in which they actually find happiness in for example if i have good money i can fly to us and talk to you in person this access money can give me not the access that oh I do not have money so I cannot have a podcast. Yeah, you're you're right, and and you, you know, yes, you know, there's like I said, there's nothing wrong with money. There's nothing wrong with riches. There's nothing wrong with you know influence and things like that. But when you tend to hoard it, when you tend to say you know I have this, and so what what does that mean does that make me more special than you does that make me more important than you does that give me certain things than you maybe maybe it gives me more things or allows me to have more things but it doesn't necessarily make you a better person you know i always i i like to talk about character you know what kind what kind of person are you you know what kind of individual are you in in your soul in your heart in your mind and and that's what we should spend time working on. That's what we should spend time developing. Again, outside of money, power, and influence, you can have those things and still be a person of good character, but you can also have those things and be kind of a jerk, you know, be somebody who, you know, is affected by the fact that you have a lot of stuff. But I think the people that is, is I'm much older than you are, the, and I've seen a lot of people, as I mentioned, die. Those people, I think, realize kind of in the end that it's not about the things we have. It's mm. about the things that we give, the mm. things that we give. And most of that is giving of ourselves to other people sure. to make their lives better. And if we do that, you know, at the end of your life, death is not nearly as scary. True, true, 100%. And and I think that's what uh, the, the 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 legacy means. Like whenever we see super successful people who have who have left this earth ages ago and still we remember them, we remember them not on because of that that they were millionaire billionaires. If we we remember them on what they have given to the society. Let it be just an idea. Let it be just a school of thought. Let it be just. Um, let it be the actual service in, in, in serving thousands of people, millions of people. But what we actually remember them for is because of them, this is this this life, this school of thought, this 
this invention or or this lifestyle we've uh, we've got and um, i feel that every human has the tendency of uh, thanking to what the other person is giving them or serving them but it it hides under the uh, extreme lust for the desire which we have i feel is because when when every time we are being said that this is where you need to go this is where you'll get valid validation this is where uh, you will we will think that you have you have satisfied us this is where um, the foundation which majorly society uh, creates uh, for us yeah i i i think you're absolutely right and i i the, i one of my four truths is uh, is a legacy truth and and it's what you leave behind mm. is what you weave in the hearts of other people it doesn't say anything about what you leave behind is how much money you give other people or how important you were to other people or anything like that it's what you weave it's what you give of yourself and put into the hearts of other people that's how we're remembered that's how you know people think about us i mean you know when we die nobody sits there and says gee terry had you know a billion dollars or terry drove this really nice car or terry drove in this kind of house what people do is they tell stories you know at your funeral and things like that and you know what was jay like oh let me tell you about something that jay did and how he helped me or let me tell you about something terry did and how he helped those are the stories that people tell at your funeral and if those stories are stories about your love your compassion your goodness then to me that's a life well lived if people are talking about how much money you had and stuff like that that's kind of to me sort of a shallow type of life hmm true true 100% and um coming coming to to the part of pain like uh, like you you've said that you've suffered a lot uh, with with this journey of battling cancer and like how did you tackle the pain because your pain was not just limited to uh, mental pain you you gone through a hardship of physical pain and like how did you manage to handle the both both sort of pains yeah you know physical pain can be managed usually by medication um you know i i'm not a big proponent of you know taking all these drugs and stuff like that for pain i i can deal with a little bit of physical pain in my life it's it's the mental and the emotional pain that you know you, you have to deal with and i think that comes from sort of an inward looking philosophy where hey it's it's all about me you know look at me i'm i'm sad and you should feel sorry for me and i'm in pain and you should take care of me and you you can't tell this from looking at me but i'm i'm 6 foot 8 inches tall and and i played basketball which is a team sport uh, from the time i was like 9 years old all the way up until i graduated from college and i think one of the things that team sports whether it's basketball whether it's soccer whether it's rugby whatever it is i think one of the things that team sports teaches us and i guess let me let me even make that even broader it doesn't necessarily have to be a sport you know it could be you're a member of a band or you're you're in a play or you know you're in a business or whatever that ends up being but whatever team that you're part of is that you learn very early on as a member of a team about the importance of being part of something that's bigger than yourself mm. because you realize that on any team 
that if you don't do your job, not only do you let yourself down, but you let your teammates down, your coaches down, your fans down, your shareholders down, whatever that ends up being. And if you think about it, the biggest team game that we all play is this game of life. So I, I think it's important, and, and don't get me wrong, I mean, I, I'm a human being. I get down, I feel depressed, I cry. I, I, I have all those emotions that a human being does. But when I get into those places, I find that I'm looking inward, that it's it's all about me. And I find a real simple way to get out of that is to focus my attention outward. Who can I help? Who can I make a difference in their lives? Who can I pick up the phone and call and say, hey, how's it going? Or who can I go have a cup of coffee with to make their life a little bit better? Now, all of a sudden, I'm focusing on making another human being's life better. I'm not focusing. I'm not thinking about how bad my pain is right now. Mm. Wow, that's interesting. And I think this this idea, when, when like almost all religions have this idea that whatever God you believe in, let it be monoistic religion or or, or the, the Indian Indian philosophy where we have multiple multiple gods. Every in every religion or in every school of thought or philosophy, it is said that the ultimate power, the God, resides in every one of us. Now, when we and the next step, which which it says that you need to focus or you need to go down in the go down in the lane of servicing the God in whichever God you believe in. And now, when you combine these two, that God is inside us. And now when you I lie down in the path of service servicing my own self, I forget my own attachments to out, outward worlds and also I forget the uh, attachment I have towards myself, the expectation I have for myself. Like when like when you say we in, in, in a team sport, we do not only let ourselves down, we let the whole team down. There you understand the importance of responsibility. And now when we when we say that I let myself I let myself down. It means we also have some sort of expectation from ourselves that I need to perform to a certain extent. And now when we say that I just need to service the God which resides inside my heart, now that performance is not it is me or my team, now that performance is this team, this result and my service. Now now the my the attachment of me from giving this output or winning my team goes down to winning this team, doing this and doing this is nothing but my service. And when we think of I'm serving this, the capability of we putting ourselves above the potential which which we have currently, it is it is much more the, the probability of you performing better uh, is, is much more greater when we think of I'm serving something. I, I think you're absolutely right. And if you think about what we were talking about earlier, you know, if you take what you just said about God being inside of us, well, if you marry that, if you bring that together with what should we work on, our heart, our mind, and our soul. I mean, that is, that is, that's God. That's the God inside of us with whatever God you believe. So why not spend more time working on your heart, your mind, and your soul? And, and not as much time on developing wealth or, you know, going to the gym and getting all, you know, buff and stuff. And again, 
there's nothing wrong with any of you know there's nothing wrong with money or working out or doing it there's nothing wrong with any of that in itself good absolutely have that but also spend some time focusing on who you really are the mm -hmm. god inside you your heart your mind and your soul true and and when we focus in that like even if i have a billion dollar in my bank account initially if i think that okay this is my money I will invest it. I, I, I. And now, when I think that I'm serving the God which resides within me, the thing shifts to like now I have this one billion dollar. Now this is the potential I have to serve in terms of wealth. This is the potential I have to serve in terms of my physical, uh, my physical extension. Yeah, you're 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 absolutely right. I, I mean, you have this. You have something that can help other people. What what are you interested in? You know, are you interested in helping animals? Are you interested in education? Are you interested in helping the sick? Are you interested in helping the poor? Are you interested in helping feeding people, making people have you know clean water? There's a million different agencies and strategies out there that you can invest in. And you know, I always tell people, it's what what do you want to do? I, I did a podcast yesterday with a woman who donates. Uh, put makes it a, a donation to a charity, uh, a one of four charities that she likes, and pick one of them. You know, is it is it a, a charity for animals? Is it a charity you know to help people in uh, undeveloped countries? Is it a charity to help people that are sick? You know, and you choose what you want to go to. And I thought that was kind of neat. That was just something, you know, that she makes a donation in your name to the charity that you choose. And I thought, well, that's, you know, that's something nice that yeah. I can say, hey, I'd like it to go to this because that means something to me. Not that there's anything wrong with the other charities, but you have to decide what's in your heart. What's what are your interests? Mm -hmm. What are things that, you know, excite you and get you going? Some people it's like, I, I want to improve education. You know, for other people, it's I want to make sure the whole world has clean water. I want to make sure everybody has enough food. You know, whatever it is in your heart that I think your God is moving you to help, that's the that's the path that you should go down. True, hundred percent. So, so um, I, I feel that whatever, like like when you say that uh, every human has the personal choices of doing something. When when we say that, let's say that that's a God calling inside from us to do these things. Now, apart from that, I also I have observed and I, I feel that upbringing plays a lot of important role in uh, molding a person's mind into liking a particular thing. Um, and now let, let's let's say the difference like uh, there, there's a family who wants their child to be an engineer, to uh, work in, in a particular field of engineering, whereas there's a family who wants the child to be an entrepreneur. Now after let's say 20 uh, 18 to 20 years of their upbringing now the children are in, in in the world and now they are uh, they are now they have given everything and now they are up, they have to decide that what i personally like and the probability of they liking what what actually their upbringing uh, have been about it is more likely that the person who was in the engineering field will majorly go into fields related to engineering and the person who was in entrepreneurial field was uh, is most probable to go into the fields which are related to entrepreneurship and um, like what's what's your thought and and in your experience and observation 
Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And, and I, I, I experienced what you just talked about when I was growing up. I, my, my grandfather had been a policeman, a police officer, and I wanted to follow in his footsteps. But my grandfather was actually shot in, in the line of duty with his own gun. It was not a serious injury. He was shot in the ankle. But my dad always remembered the stories that my grandmother told. My father was absolutely not. You're going to go to college. You're going to major in business. You're going to get out, get a great job, get married, have 2.4 kids and live happily ever after. <laughs> but that's, that's the life my father wanted me to live. It wasn't the life that I believed in my heart that I was put on this this earth to do. So I, you know, I, I know there are a lot of people out there, probably a lot of people listening to us that are in that same boat where their their family wants them to be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer or or whatever it is, but their interests lie other uh, other places. Mm. And and I think that's. You know, I, I have a, a daughter who you know is an adult now and stuff like that. And I never wanted to force her to do something that I wanted to do. I always wanted her to follow her own heart, her own desire, her own ambition, her own loves. And and I think we did that. I think my wife and I, you know, did that. And now it's up to her to live the life that she wants to. And you know, as parents. We just have to love them. We just have to support them. We just have to care about them. And and they've got to make their own mistakes. They've got to make their own decisions. And some of them are going to be good. Some of them are going to be bad. But we did the same thing. You know, I made bad decisions when I was younger. I made good decisions. That's what life is about. It's about learning from the bad and the good and trying to improve things. So, yes, I, I, I thoroughly believe there are a lot of people out there that are sort of getting the, hey, mom and dad want me to do this. And when I was when I graduated from college, like I said, I I had a choice. I had to decide whether, you know, sorry, dad, I'm going to go do my own thing. My dad was dying of cancer when I graduated from college. So out of love and respect for him, I went into business. I did what he wanted me to do. And then I sort of joke, I did what every good son did. I waited till my father passed away and then I followed my own dreams. And and I also feel like um, the, the environment at that moment also plays an important role. Like you said that uh, you, you did uh, business out of your respect and love towards your father because he was fighting and battling with cancer. And similarly, when we see a lot of people they tend to do it out of love or respect they have for their, their family. And not always they have the situation where uh, their loved ones are near to death or approaching death or battling with some some, um, some harsh diseases. And in, in that in that position, um, I, I feel that like I'm, I'm talking in general sense of society and currently the society is like they, they give you a track to run on. But what they also do is they put fences uh, along the track so that you don't go out of track. You don't go out of the track of not being wealthy. You don't go out of the track of not being influential, not being powerful person. But instead, what I personally feel is like society does this out of concern that they don't want us to face the harsh life which 
they have seen or their ancestors have seen us they did do their out of love which they have for us and and we come we we as as the younger generation understand that but uh, that that doesn't mean that we we put fences around the track which we've been uh, guided by the society if if we we as uh, younger generation are allowed uh, to run on that track but if after removing those fences if we are allowed to sit and see how beautiful the flower is flourishing just beside the track and if we want to go and uh, see what that flower does and approach the path which the the flower takes to us and if and if we have that liberty then i think there's uh, there's a lot more thing which we see that okay 20 30 years of uh, working on particular field will bring us to another level of let's say technology and now when we allow that liberty uh, let's say a 18 year old uh, adult is allowed that you can change your field like you you've done your high school and you've been you you've been thinking that you're interested in a particular field and after 18 you think that no i have to change my field and i want to go in another direction and want to explore that if we allow the spectrum of exploration i think that that not only allows the person to gain more skill set that also allows the person to gain more perspective uh in in life overall i would agree with you i i i absolutely would agree with you we can't live somebody else's life i i mean despite how much people how much pressure people put on us you know you you should do that you should be an engineer you should be a doctor you should be a computer program whatever it is you, that's what you should do well if that's not what's in my heart if that's not what's in my soul then it's not something i'm going to be fulfilled doing i may have the the knowledge i may have the brain power i may have the skills to be successful at it but at the end of the day am i going to be fulfilled doing that job because i'm doing a job based on what other people want me to do and not what i want to do now there are a lot of people that i think say oh, i really don't know what i want to do with my life so i'm just going to go try this oh well that's i like that so i'll continue to do it or as you say I gained some skills from that but it's really not what I want to do I want to change focus and go over here and do something and I think as long as you continue to learn and to grow Nelson Mandela the former president of South Africa had a great quote he said I never lose I either win or I learn so if you like I said you know you do something that's not for you but you learn something from it then that was a positive experience even though it wasn't for you and i know that's the way it was for me you know i had two jobs before i became a police officer and those two jobs gave me some life experience that made me a better police officer true and like i i i just uploaded this this content on the same thing about failure and uh, i said that failure is not an obstacle it is an opportunity for us to learn like for example if like uh, if you won't have done business now the technicalities of business might not actually help you in in, in your uh, after journey but the experience you had in terms of meeting the people who are actually interested in business who actually have that business mindset and that connection that bonding with a human to understand what a person interested in business is thinking and i think that communication might have helped you along in your career as a policeman 
and even while 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 fighting the cancer and understanding your finances and understanding uh, how you want to take your uh, career further in life and i think when these kind of things happen these are not failures or obstacles these are the opportunities for us to explore our own selves that if i have chosen the wrong field in my life for initial 10 years then what have i learned from it learn from it not only in terms of that okay this is not what i want to do there are multiple layers of learning one is self learning that okay this is not what i want to do but other than that what i have learned in terms of experiencing understanding people communicating the way of communication how do people of uh, different ideology think how do they work like if i want to learn time management it is not that i have to choose the field which i am interested in to learn time management i can learn time management uh, even when i have chosen the wrong field by learning that how people are managing their time when they are interested in something so that i can utilize when i'm going somewhere in uh, in my interest yeah and and i think you know i mean let, let's face it nobody starts out to fail you know nobody yeah. goes into whatever it is you know expecting or wanting to fail at least i don't think they do but <laughs> You know, people are so afraid of failure. They want to be successful, but they don't want to fail. And and I I found in my life and and in watching other people's life that the road to success is paved with failure. Anybody who's ever been successful in life has failed and failed many times. So like you were saying, you know, it's okay to fail as long as you learn something from that failure that allows you to keep moving forward that allows you to keep moving toward what you define as success and so i i don't think people you know people get all excited oh i failed you know what are people going to think about me you know i'm stupid i'm the, you know we get all this negative talk in our minds when we fail instead of being like you said what did i learn what did i learn from that Oh, I learned this. Oh, okay. Now I can apply that to the next thing that I do in my life. You're, you know, you're only a loser when you don't learn something from a failure. Then you're kind of a loser. But if you learn something from it, you're absolutely on the right path towards success. True. And and um, like I I've I don't know if this this quote has been made or not, but it's like the biggest mistake is to fear is is the fear of doing mistake. That's a good quote. Yeah. And and I I feel that because um when we when we take success like uh for example let's let's say let's let's take the example of the child who was uh who was uh, who was who was taught or uh, who was brought to be an engineer from the family and now the child is out in the world the child is capable enough to make his own decisions or go go with the decision or the or the engineering field with their family wants and let's say after some time the child understands that engineering is not my field and now instead of self reflecting that okay if this is not my field then what interests me other than that that the, the person majorly goes in the state at oh i have attached myself to the success i've seen as world's best engineer but now i do not like engineering then i cannot reach towards that goal we get too much attached towards the goal we like like you said we do not start anything uh, to fail we always have uh, a goal in our mind which we want to achieve but if path changes if goal changes then 
why then why don't we get detached from the goal which we had previously we get too much attached from that goal that we never think of looking in a different direction and see that oh, there's the brighter side which i am attracted to and i want to see that what that what that bright light brings to me yeah i i mean you know things that we want to do to us are exciting you know that that you want to get up in the morning and you want to go do them things that we're doing now may be comfortable but mm-hmm. we never grow in comfort you know mm-hmm. we only grow when we step outside our comfort zones one of the one of the jobs i used to have was i was a a high school basketball coach and i used to remind my players that they needed to become comfortable with being uncomfortable because mm-hmm. the only way you grow is in the uncomfortable thing if it's easy you know if you get up and you can go and do your job and it doesn't take any thought it doesn't take any effort it doesn't take you know anything on your part then you're comfortable and we like comfort i mean the brain loves comfort the status quo the way things are right now the brain loves that loves it doesn't want to doesn't want you to mess with it but again the only way you're going to grow the only way you're going to get better the only way you're going to improve is to step outside those comfort zones and the minute you do your brain is going to start attacking you because your brain knows your vulnerabilities it knows your weaknesses and it will use those against you anytime you want to step outside your comfort zones so you have to be even more you know reticent you have to be even more determined that this is something you want to do i mean think about it jay if you got up this morning and said i'm going to go skydiving your mm-hmm. brain would be like oh whoa no 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 you're not jay the parachute may not open or the plane may mm-hmm. crash or i mean and it would give you mm-hmm. a million different reasons why you shouldn't do that but if you really want to do it you can overcome that negativity and go ahead and do it that same thing works with you know i like the job that i have now but i'm not passionate about it it's comfortable mm-hmm. but i really want to do this over here that's exciting that's fun your brain is going to be like nope you should just stay right where you are because it's comfortable comfortable does not lead to success true 100% and um i also feel when we are too much comfortable in the sense that we are getting too much comfortable is when we start getting bored of doing the same thing because comfort also brings repetition in the life where okay i have a good bank balance i get a few thousand dollars every every month in my bank account i have a good home i have good family everything is going right and if you repeat and repeat it over and over again you you will start feeling uh, that it is not interesting anymore it is not fun anymore you start feeling bored and when you start feeling bored of doing same thing again and again it means you are getting too much comfortable with it you are not growing you are just sitting there and thinking that there's an elevator which i am stepping into and that elevator will uh, climb me to to the mountain which i think is my goal yeah but uh, you know and but but the other side of that and i understand why people stay in comfort because you know as life happens as you you know get married as you have children as you know you need to provide for your elderly parents and things like that that job that you're in may not be exciting it may not be something that thrills you that you can't wait to get up in the morning and do 
but you have a responsibility to your family, to your to your parents and things like that. So you stay in that job. I, and, and, and like I said, I totally understand why people mm. do that because they stay there because they're making the money that they need that they can take care of their family. And it's mm. awful hard to, to get everything to line up, the, the, mm. especially the, the older you get, where you can say, okay, I can leave my job my family's got enough money to live on, to pay the rent, to eat, to you know pay the insurance and all that stuff. And then I can go over, over here and do what I think is exciting. Mm. The older you get, the harder, the more difficult that is because mm. you have other responsibilities in your life. True, true, true. And, and I think when, when we talked about uh, what team, what team at work teaches us, is that the teamwork also teaches us that as soon as the game moves on, as 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 the game moves on, the responsibility gets more complex. The responsibility gets uh, like like the value of every step you do becomes more and more valuable. And if you want a sense of comfort, that a comfortable position at the end of the game, or by the end of the game, or in the later half of the game, you need to push harder in the initial part of the game. And when we understand that as a team framework, we can also put it in real life where the family or the or the people who are under our responsibility, if we think them as team and ourselves as the leader or the main responsible person of that team, we can play our life games and the economic games in, certain, in, in the same way. Yeah, I, I mean, think about I always ask people to think about their what I call their inner circle, you know, the people mm -hmm. that that are closest to them, whether it's their family or their friends. Are those people who are closest to you? Are they do they care about you? Do they love you? Do they support you? You know, do they make you smarter, better, more intelligent? If they don't, then you should try to get those people out of your life and put better people in your life. That, that care about you, that love you, support you. And I always say, you know, that are willing to tell you the truth, even if it sacrifices the relationship they have with you. You know, mm -hmm. so if, if you and I are good friends and you say to me, you know, hey, Terry, I really think you're messing up here. You know, this isn't a good mm -hmm. thing to do. What do I, my natural instinct is to say, get away from me, Jay, you're, you're, you're not my friend, mm -hmm. but you are my friend because you love me enough, you care about me enough to risk our relationship in order to tell me the truth. Those are the kind of people you want in your life. Now, I know with family, it's awful hard to say, oh, I don't, you know, I don't want you around, but, but I guess you can limit the amount of time you spend with them and spend more time with people that care about you, that uplift you, that support you, that love you, that want what's best for you. If you have those people in your life, whether it's on a team, whether it's in your job, whether it's just your friends, you'll have a much better chance of being successful in life. True, 100%. And like um, like summing up the, the, the conversation in the perspective of the service, which was the, uh, the, the sole foundation of our conversation, is that whenever we talk about success, we, we, we majorly perceive it as my success, my money, my power, my influence, the work which I am interested in. Now, now let us just change the perspective and, and conclude this conversation uh, as in that this 
is the amount of impact i want to put in people's life which i call it as my service and whatever success i gain that success is nothing but my service to the people who are who i am responsible for let it be my family uh, where i'm doing my job the the company for which i'm working in my companies are providing a solution to to another person so i am playing a role in servicing my skill my my hard work my sweat and money to learn that skill and use it so that the other person to whom my company is servicing can serve and make their lives better and if if we are an entrepreneur we we as an entrepreneur are serving to our customer and if we sum sum up in in the sense of service uh like like if if you can add on more points in, in that perspective yeah I, i think as we get older i think as we mature i think as we have more emotional intelligence we we come to realize that all the things that we've been talking about money power influence those things are not nearly as important as serving other people and you know when you're young you know your life is focused on you i want to be successful mm. you know i want people to look at me as you grow older as you mature as you become emotionally intelligent you find satisfaction in the success of other people you mm. find satisfaction in how you were able to help other people realize their goals their dreams their ambitions and so you it doesn't have to be about you it can be wow look i helped that person look how great they're doing it doesn't mean that they're better than me or i'm better than them or you you lose that you drop off a lot of that you know sort of competitiveness and you are satisfied with the fact that your service has led to someone else's success true very true sir and like uh, this as this uh, this cup says think thank and smile like this was this was uh, given to me as my birthday gift from one of my close friends that's great that's a great cup so so thank you so much for uh, coming on this podcast and serving us with your uh, wisdom knowledge and experience and uh, giving us a different perspective on uh, how how important is is the idea of serving in one's life um thank thank you so much for uh, coming on this podcast and having this conversation well jay thanks for having me on you know i i always say that it's it's nice people like you that allow me to come on and have a discussion with them and if our discussion makes a positive difference in somebody's life then today has been a good day thank you so much i'm sure that uh, many of our listeners will uh, definitely uh, get get some influence from from your idea of the great that would be super thank you so much sir.